The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Minister of Transport, Climate, Environment and Communications, Eamon Ryan. Good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. Um, you will be heading off to COP28. Um, what is your ambition in terms of what you might achieve there? Uh, well, it has to be a dramatic response to what's happened even in the last year. The climate system, the weather systems have jumped into a new phase which no one expected and which is deeply worrying in terms of the amount of rain, heavy flooding events and the record temperature increases. We're, we're, we're heading, we're over the 1.5 degree increase that we set ourselves as a limit. Now, that'll come back. It's it's due to some short-term or immediate factors in a Nino year and so on. But it is, it has the scientists very worried. And so we have to respond. It it won't be, you know, we're not going to decide everything in Dubai. This, these processes are, how you get 200 countries to agree on anything is not easy. But it does have to give a significant signal to our financing world, to the energy world, that we're stopping switching off the use of, switching away from the use of fossil fuels, which is the source of the problem. I think we'll get agreement. I mean, in terms of what, what there will be, I think we're, we're confident we get agreement is that we will aim to triple renewable power across the world in the next seven years, that we will double energy efficiency. They're, they're key kind of elements, but on their own, they won't be enough. We will also have to address the methane problem, um, which is a, a very fast-acting, short-lived greenhouse gas, but one that we can reduce in a way that um, mm. and, and when, is very doable. when you talk about that, obviously our farmers are uh, quaking in their boots, but we'll see what emerges in terms of it's discussions. Not- but, uh, Minister, in terms of uh, alternative energies, you know, massive help for wind, massive help for solar. Uh, I think you pointed out that the, the, the country that is the Netherlands, Holland, has more solar panels than the continent of Africa. Yeah, and that they're the other two elements that I think are, are are the ones where I'll be working as part of the European negotiation team. There is a fundamental injustice at the moment. We have to put climate justice into the solutions. It has to be a just transition. If it's not a just transition, it won't be a fast transition. And it needs to be a fast transition to be just, if you know what I mean. And, and that means the continents of Africa, but also Latin America, a lot of countries in Southeast Asia, are not seeing the revolution that's taking place. I mean, there is, it is incredible in the last years what, what's also happened in Ireland as well as elsewhere. We are seeing, seeing the solutions really accelerate and ramp up, particularly solar energy. And the fact, as you say, that Africa, which general, which collects some 60% of the solar radiation coming to the earth, only has as much, much solar panels as a country of the size of Holland, which is half the size of Ireland. That's a fundamental injustice. Yeah. Now, so what does we, that take uh, to fix? Because the idea that everyone in Africa, and whether you live in a hut or in a shanty town or whether you have a proper house, uh, you have a telly. And the idea that that telly could be powered by, you know, a solar panel or two and uh, a battery would transform lives. And, you know, if they got that for nothing, because they're not going to find the resources to buy that kind of equipment, if they got it for nothing, life would be incredibly made easier. It would. And, and actually probably getting access to the phone is the first thing, which you can charge via solar panels relatively easily. And some 650 million people, as you say, don't have that access at the moment, so they have to be our first priority. It does require wealth, wealthier developed countries 
like Ireland and others, making a contribution. And that's to our benefit as well for a variety of reasons. Firstly, I mean, one of the biggest issues we have facing in Europe is forced migration into Europe. And if we can help stabilize and reduce the conflicts in North Africa and West Africa, the Horn of Africa, that's to our benefit as well. And this, I, I describe it, I'm, I'm chairing the International Energy Agency at the moment going into our 50th anniversary. I describe this as the peace project of our time. We will never fight over solar energy. You'll never hold a country to ransom over solar energy. The fact that Africa develops is to our benefit, not to our, our loss. And so we do have to support that. But it's not just governments. It can't be just on the wealthy exchequers of the Western world that have to pay for, for, for that scale of investment. It also requires, in my mind, the likes of the fossil fuel industries, the fossil fuel companies, which are not investing in clean energy and which are not investing in Africa. They're, I'm sorry, they may be investing in Africa in extraction of more fossil fuels, but they're not investing in the clean energy alternative. And their businesses have to change. Yeah. They have but, to, we have to here's start the correcting some of you the know, money. The, the, the sensible thing would be, therefore, to put massive uh, carbon taxes on uh, fossil fuels. Then you're up against the price of the pump because most people still drive petrol or diesel and you, you know, have reduced subsidies to EVs. You've got, if you want people to drive EVs, you've got to persuade them that it is economically very attractive to so do. If, on the other hand, you try to do that by whacking up the price of petrol and diesel, well, you won't be in power for long. Yeah, well, firstly, electric vehicles are taking off. Like, we're up about 28% now and, and growing. It's not going to stop. They are better cars. This transformation will only work when it's to a better system. We can't, it's not going to be whipping people into kind of a, you know, a, a, a kind of painful adjustment to something inferior. We can and switch to a more stable system, which is not as expensive as the fossil fuel system, which is not killing our planet. So I think we can make that switch. But to answer your question in terms of how do we do that in Africa, and this is something that's been spoken about now for the last year. Um, it was started by the Prime Minister of Barbados, Mia Motley, uh, what, what, what she called the Bridgetown Initiative, recognising that the interest rates that the countries in Africa have to pay are often three, four, five times the rates that we pay. There's much higher risks. And by reducing and managing some of those risks, and it's, 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 it's kind of very mundane in some ways, but uh, technical issues, but it's around currency risk or around regulatory risk or around how do you have the skills and I think one of the one of the ideas that I'm proposing, and, and I got this into the European Council con, 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 conclusions recently, is that we support some of the taking out, covering and reducing some of those risks in how we use public money. And we bring private finance in as well. And in that way, you get the scale. We, we've estimated in the International Energy Agency within the next 10 years that per annum each year, we would need to be spending globally some 4.5 trillion on the clean energy alternatives. Yeah. It's a huge leap. Now, it's a leap towards a better way and better for Africa as well as for Europe. And it's some of those mechanisms to kind of to help investment spread, to help make sure that everyone is able to make the leap at the same yeah. time. And the benefit of that is you then don't go into a world where you could have an alternative where it's China versus Europe versus America, and it's a trade war, and it's a fight over the mineral resources. Africa is very rich in the likes of, uh, of the, a lot of the rare earth minerals we will need for those EVs and for our phones and so on. And rather than fighting over that in a scramble for resources, do it in a collaborative way and do it in a way that sees everyone's boat rise. And that's what one of the proposals I'll be putting out won't all be agreed in Dubai. 
but it will be agreed, I hope, in the subsequent COPs after that. And just one thing, while Ireland, like we're tiny, but we have a voice that's listened to because we tend to come from a perspective that is good at development support aid. We don't have a kind of colonialist mindset. We have a proud record in how we support countries in Africa and elsewhere. And it's using some of that culture, as it were, almost as much as anything else, to say we can do this in a collaborative way. That's the voice that I'll be trying to represent, along with the Taoiseach and the Tarnishta at the negotiations yeah. of the coming But week. it's kind of uh, do as I say rather than do as I do, because, you know, the... the Listeners are complaining the grants from the SEI are very low. Insulation of all housing would save more energy than maybe even the solar panels would uh, generate. You know, th- there is a kind of a sluggishness about our rush to go uh, carbon low. We do have to. We do have to do it ourselves. It can't just be. We have to for, for our own sakes as well. It'll improve our. But to give people a certain sense of hope that it is possible. The ship is starting to turn, Pat. I give you. I mentioned those EV numbers, but put that aside. The number of houses getting retrofitted this year it'll be up close to forty thousand. That's way ahead of target, and, and, and the order books are, are full, full, full into next year. So it's, it's not going to stop. Similarly, just two other recent statistics. Um, our electricity use in the first half of the year, we think it's down, the emissions are down about 15%. Now, that's not small, and, and we've got to keep pushing and working on it, but you can make changes. Or similarly, you mentioned agriculture earlier on. Farmers are going to be central and key, and yes, they're a large part of our emissions, but uh, I don't think that methane issue, it'll be more focusing on the fossil methane in this COP. But just to give an example how agriculture too is making the change, in the last two years, our use of nitrogen fertilizers has dropped by some 30%. And farmers are better off for that because they're not having to spend. Like, that's expensive. Fertilizers were importing from Russia and beyond. And that's reduced 30%. Now, had I said here three or four years ago, we could reduce our artificial synthetic nitrogen fertilizers by 30%, people would have said mm-hmm. that'll never happen. Now, Minister, I, I know you have to go. And I just want to say this to you about e-scooters. We did intend to talk to you about them. Our listeners are very exercised about them, about the new regime of licensing them and so on. So I'd like to invite you now to come in for a comprehensive discussion on uh, e-scooters and the legislation on your return from COP28 if you're available. I'd happily do that. Very good. Minister, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.